Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. I already feel so refreshed and alive and at peace. But this is an important part, too. I'm going to talk a little bit. <laughs> Share a little word. Some of y'all came for a word. I need a word, Pastor. Before we get started, I actually want to share a letter that I found yesterday. I'm in the process of moving right now. And you now you find a bunch of stuff on a couple love letters from, you know, things of the past. And I also found some very uh, kind letters that have been written from individuals who live all over the place but tune into what Hartway's doing. And this one says, Hartway family, which I love that it's addressed to all of us, which is why I'm reading it to you. Hartway family, the purpose of this letter is to express my appreciation for your fellowship. Living life on life's terms is powerful but sometimes can be frustrating and tiresome. Attending your services three weeks ago was the first for me in approximately 10 years. The fellowship, this is my favorite sentence, the fellowship is built up of young, aspiring, beautiful, motivated brothers and sisters. Come on, somebody. Who have put their higher power first and everything else second. I hope there's a connection that Hartway has with New York so I can stay affiliated respectfully. Thank you. Isn't that kind? It's so beautiful. That's you guys. You know, it's not just what happens on this stage. It's the warmth and the love and the radiance and the positivity that people feel when they walk through these doors. It's genuine. It's real. Sometimes people aren't used to it and they think it's like fake. You know, I've, I've, I've actually come across people who are like, I, I can sense the hesitancy. They're like, do you really like, like me enough that you want to hug me right now? Like, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, I want to start by reading this passage of scripture from one of the gospels, Mark chapter nine. If you can do anything, the man said, have compassion on us and help us. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. So this story begins with a man who has a child who is sick. He's not doing well. He hears that there's this traveling preacher in town who is working miracles, healing people left and right. So he brings his son to Jesus. And he says, if you can have compassion on us. And I love how Jesus responds. He says, what do you mean if I can? Anything, anything is possible to him who believes. I'm not even preaching about that this morning, but that's a whole message in itself. 
it's not a, a, a matter of God being able. It's a matter of you being able to imagine that as a possibility for your life. And if you can meet God there in that place of creativity and imagination and faith, who knows what can happen? God is not putting limits on you. It is we who put limits on ourselves by our thinking. And so after Jesus has this interaction with the man, he says, wow, well, guess what? I believe. But can you help my unbelief a little bit? Because I got a little bit of that, too. I love the man's honesty. I wonder how many of us can be as honest as that individual. I believe help my unbelief. In other words, there's a contradiction that lives on the inside of me. This individual seems to be inhabiting two opposite realities at the same time. Just because you believe doesn't mean you're not going to have moments of unbelief. We got to normalize that. Just because you have faith doesn't mean you're not going to doubt. Just because you're fully invested in something doesn't mean you're not going to feel like giving up sometimes. And if you don't think that that's normal, if you think something's wrong with you because you carry contradictions on the inside, you'll start criticizing yourself for things that actually legitimize you as a human, as a spiritual student, as a disciple, as a follower of God. Anybody who has gone on to do things of significance in this world has also experienced moments of intense doubting of self. In fact, some of the giants of faith, the people that we look to as examples of what faith looks like in action, have been people who have struggled with doubt tremendously. Even Jesus on the cross. He's hanging there and he's saying, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? You've left me. I feel alone. I feel abandoned. Nobody's here. All my friends are gone. I've been betrayed. I believe, but help my unbelief. Many of you have heard the story of Mother Teresa. I mean, this woman dedicated her life to serving the poor overseas. And when she passed away, they found journals, personal journals, where she was writing for years about the fact that she was struggling with her faith. There are some journal entries where she's like, I don't even know if God exists. But I'm Mother Teresa. I got to show up. I got to take the photos. I got to still be a good nun. You know what I mean? There's a mystic from the Catholic Church by the name of St. John of the Cross. And this guy has some of the most incredible literature that's ever been written on spirituality and and faith and God. And he's talked about peak moments of mystical experiences. And yet this same man has written about something called the dark night of the soul, which is a very popular concept these days that a lot of people borrow to talk about seasons of spiritual dryness. You know, when you feel that God's not there, when you feel like everything you're doing doesn't seem to be working. So how could it be that this duality can exist in people who are so faithful, who are so committed to the path? I mean, if it happened to Jesus and Mother Teresa, I'm not going to question that is going to happen to me, too. 
It's all right. It's okay if you have doubts. It's okay if you have questions. If we don't give ourselves the room to express our raw and unfiltered humanity like this, then we just become fake, especially in environments like this. And when you become fake, when you just put on the facade, guess what? Now you become ineffective. And God really can't use you because people can't relate to fake. People don't relate to perfect. People relate to real. But of course, it's so hard for us to be real with other people because we are not even real with ourselves. So first, you got to get real with yourself. Then you can start being real with other people. And when you start being real with other people about the duality that exists in you, about the contradictions that live on the inside of you, there is something so freeing that happens. It's so liberating to be able to just share with people the fact that, yes, I am a walking, talking contradiction. And you are too. Saw somebody at Heartway one day wear a shirt that said, pray with me, but don't play with me. <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly what I'm talking about right there. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You could pray with me, but don't play with me. It's the duality. And if that's you, you're welcome here. Even though I know some people are like, <gasps> shocked at that. Do not play with us here. But we, we, we live... We live in this duality. We carry contradictions on the inside of us. There is a duality that is inherent in the spiritual journey that cannot be escaped. Okay, yes, you are divine through and through, but you are also human. Of course you're going to have mountaintop moments. Moments, by the way. If you're trying to pitch a tent there and live there, it ain't going to work out for you. You're going to have mountaintop moments, but you're also going to have moments in the valley. Moments, though. They're moments. They come and they go. Embrace the coming and the going. It's all temporary. And when you realize that it's all temporary, you don't hold on to any of it too tightly. The good or the bad. The good comes and you're in it. You enjoy it fully, but you realize it's not going to be here forever, which enables you to enjoy it even more. Kind of like life, when you realize that death is right around the corner. I don't mean to be morbid, but that's my job. You know, I'm doing funerals all the time. Literally all the time. Somebody this week was texting me and I was like, hey, I'm sorry I can't go to the gym. I'm going to a funeral. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, I mean, you know, I don't know the person. This is my job. You know, I'm going to do the funeral. Um, but it's just a normal thing, you know. And I feel grateful that I get to be in these environments and that I get to be in these sacred moments, I call them holy moments, because the more you reflect on how temporary life is, the more you will appreciate the life that you have. We take things for granted so much. But when you have gone through loss, when you've suffered, oh my goodness, your gratitude for the good times gets amplified a hundred times over because you know what it's like to lose. You know what it's like not to have. There is no pleasure without pain. The pleasure wouldn't be as enjoyable if it wasn't for the pain. There is no success without failure. The success wouldn't mean as much if it wasn't for all the times that you failed and messed up and counted yourself out and thought it wasn't going to work out. 
the light wouldn't shine as bright if it wasn't for the darkness. So it all goes together. You can't just have the light and not have the dark. This is a universe where there are opposite but complementary forces at work. In the world of philosophy, they call this the unity of opposites. And the idea is that there are two opposite but complementary forces at work in the universe. And spirituality teaches you how to perceive this unity of opposites so that now you see all of life as one undivided whole. The mind always interprets things in dualistic categories. Good, bad, right, wrong, positive, negative, up, down, inside, outside. But these two things are not two separate and independent forms. They're actually two sides of the same whole. So when you can see life holistically in that way, what does that mean practically? You stop labeling everything good, bad, positive, negative. Number one, because you really don't know what anything means right there in the moment. The meaning unfolds over time. And something that you think is really bad right now may end up being the best thing to ever happen to you. Also, from God's perspective, the good is good and the bad is good too because he uses the bad to accomplish his good purposes. So it's all good. That is what it means to have a unified vision. That is how you bring into harmony and balance the contradictions within yourself. You realize it all belongs. It all belongs. It all has a place. Even the tug of war that I feel inside of me, it all has a place. And so today I want to share with you three dualities to embrace within yourself. And the first one is this. I am trusting, but still doubting. Anybody can relate to that? Yes. I'm trusting, but I'm still doubting. I got questions sometimes, which is normal. I mean, isn't that the human dilemma? God created a beautifully perfect universe. You and I have a problem with all of it. We don't like the way any of this thing is being run. And so... Spirituality is about learning how to submit to God's order. You know, I know we're not Muslim, but I love that the word Islam literally means submission to God. That's like the whole thing. To submit to God's order. God created this, and there are no mistakes here. We think there are mistakes. We think we know better than God. But that's, that's okay. That's the dilemma. Of course, we're going to doubt. We're going to wrestle. But trust doesn't mean the absence of doubt. Doubt doesn't mean the absence of trust. In fact, the more you wrestle with your doubt, the stronger your faith can actually become. If you keep your heart open to God's influence and God's leading in your life. What I've come to see in my own life is that faith and doubt are ultimately the same thing. It's not until you get to that place where you know that you don't know when you're okay with the unknown that faith can actually come about and blossom in your life i love this quote from ronald rollheiser he's a catholic priest he says like a loving mother 
embracing a child who's kicking and screaming but needs to be picked up and held, God can handle our anger, self-pity, and resistance. God understands our humanity, but we struggle to understand what it means to be human before God. God can handle your humanity. First, you need to accept your humanity. Stop beating yourself up for not being something other than human. It's okay. I like to think of life like a squiggly line. Okay, look at this nice little (laughs) chart, okay? Most of us think life is like this graph on the left, right? Straight up and to the right. But in reality, life looks like this. It's crazy. There's a bunch of knots, and you go forward a little bit, then you go back, and then you go up, and then you go down. There's a bunch of twists and turns. and That's called wrestling with God. <laughs> Did you know that the, the, the name Israel in the Hebrew scriptures literally means to wrestle with God? Wrestling with God. I've done my share of wrestling with God. What I came to see is that it really was just me wrestling with myself. God remained calm, steady, cool, collected. And he was just letting me tangle myself up in knots. Until finally I got to the point where I said, I'm tired of doing this and getting nowhere. And that's when your wrestling with God leads to freedom. It leads to surrender. Now I know what it's like to... Let go into the mystery, to surrender into the unknown, to stop resisting and fighting the way things are. Of course, I'm going to have my moments. Of course, you are going to have your moments. But all of those moments of wrestling and struggling with doubt can complement and strengthen your faith. So it's a good thing to put your beliefs through the test of doubt. Because if your beliefs can't withstand your doubts, they may not be worth holding on to. So I like to put all of my beliefs through the fire of doubt. And let's see what survives. Now, a lot of y'all are annoying and try and put other people's beliefs through the test of doubt. But ain't nobody asked you to do that. Okay, yeah, what they believe may be wrong to you, but it doesn't mean you got to try and unravel their system. I learned that the hard way, too, because when, when I first started Hardway, and I was, you know, I came from a very rigid, narrow, fundamentalist Christian background, and then my world started to expand tremendously, and I went through a season where I was kind of mad that I believed all that stuff for a while that was so narrow and that was so just toxic in my mind, and, and it was my prerogative to convince everybody in this room that if you believe like that, You're wrong and you shouldn't. And I got to dismantle the whole thing. Now I'm like, y'all just believe whatever you want. You know what? Let's talk about something we can all agree on. How do we walk in love? And, you know, and I've heard this before at Heartway. You know, we're not, I don't know if we're really deep. I don't know. I don't know if we're really talking about all of the exciting, you know, intellectual stuff sometimes. I said, well, do do you forgive people all the time? Are you walking in peace? Do you live in love? Because that for me, that's advanced spirituality. That ain't no beginner spirituality. Okay? So that's what we're doing. But anyway, you get what I'm saying. Don't be annoying with it. (laughs) Just put your own, put your own beliefs through the test of doubt. Don't be afraid of that. 
Whatever remains, I'm telling you, what remained for me is, is, is this, sometimes, I guess I can call it a mustard seed of faith that has been enough, more than enough for me to get me through anything. Because when you put your belief through the test of doubt, now all the stuff that you just believe because other people told you goes by the wayside. And what you get is a faith that arises from your own personal experience. And nobody can take that from you. Nobody can take that from you. So I'm trusting, but I'm still doubting, and that's okay. The next duality to embrace in yourself. I'm changing, but I'm still struggling. Somebody say, yep, that's me. I'm changing. I promise I'm changing, but I'm still struggling. Isn't it annoying, too, when certain people, you know, who have known you for a while, just keep you in the box that they've always had you in? Because they don't see the day-to-day and the little change and progression that you're trying to make. They're just trying to be funny. And they keep you in this little box. Oh, yeah, this person, you know how they are. They're just always like this. At this point, I just smile. I'm like, yeah, yeah, funny. I'm changing, but yeah, I'm still struggling a little bit. That's all right. Beautiful example of this in nature is a butterfly coming out of its cocoon. Did you know the worst thing that you can do is to try and help a butterfly get out of that cocoon, even though it's struggling in there and it's doing all this stuff? Because it's through that struggle that the wings are getting stronger. There's actually a chemical that is released when that butterfly is in the cocoon, that helps its winds, uh, wings to expand and grow stronger. So if you interfere with that process, you're going to kill a butterfly. You're going to mess it up. And if that butterfly gets out of the cocoon too early, now it's underdeveloped. Think about how often we ask God to save us from the very situations that he wants to use to free us. God is not very interested in changing your circumstance as much as he is changing your heart. And it's going to take some tough circumstances for you to change your heart. Oh, my God. The, the amount of sighs that I just saw all over this room. <laughs> Y'all are like, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. You're changing, but you're still struggling. The struggle is a part of the journey. Without the struggle, you wouldn't be as strong as you are. The struggle is preparing you for what you have ahead of you. you got to go through this. You can't skip around it. Don't ask God to spare you from the very thing he wants to use to expand you and grow you and stretch you. So whatever the circumstance and situation is, God, can you use this to teach me what you need to teach me? And let's get on with it. (laughs) Let's get on with it. I don't want to learn this lesson again, Lord. Give me a new lesson. Okay? Sometimes it don't work like that either. We, we, we typically have to learn the same lesson over and over and over and over again. One of my like, life lessons that I don't think is, is, is going to go away ever is, Danny, it doesn't matter what other people think about you. But the people pleaser in me. You know, and it doesn't matter how far I advance. It's like I always have to learn that lesson again in a new way. You know how they say in some churches, the higher, you know, every new level is a new devil. That's how it goes. 
That's how it goes sometimes. Also, when it comes to like this idea of not trying to save the butterfly before it gets out of the cocoon, how often do we try and help people, help people, quote unquote, when they're struggling? And we're really doing more damage than good. You enabling that person isn't going to do anything for them. People have to go through their struggle. And you could be there for them, but to try and save them from it, that's God's job. That's not your job. Listen, everybody has issues. Everybody has problems. We're all changing and struggling at the same time. That's the point. At the same time. The mind will have you believe that it's just you struggling like that. But it's like I heard it said once, what is most personal is most universal. The deepest, most personal issues and contradictions that exist within you also exist within everybody else too. In my line of work, you know, I get to look behind the curtain when people let me in. You know, it's such an honor for people to let you in. Here is my soul. What are you going to do with it? Nothing. I'll just give you a hug after and tell you I love you. <laughs> but really, no, you know, that goes a long way. Hugs are so much more healing than your advice. Serious. Some of y'all don't want to hear that because you just want to fix everybody. But it's the truth. We are here to mirror God's love to one another. Some people, they hate themselves. So for you to be able to say, this is you? Is that all of it? I still love you. It's one of the most powerful things you can do in the world. Because when a lot of people show their true colors and they show their inner contradictions, they get judged for it. They get judged for it. So everybody has issues. It's just people are really good at putting up the facade. But we're all the same on the inside. We're all the same. The last duality to embrace in ourselves. I'm healing, but I'm still hurting. I'm healing, but I'm still hurting. Just because you forgive doesn't mean the pain's going to go away. Just because I carry it well doesn't mean it's not heavy. So if the pain is there, acknowledge it. Honor it. Because trying to pretend that it's not there isn't going to protect you from it. And of course, on the healing journey, there's going to be so many intense feelings that come up. For most of us, it's that feeling of anger. We're angry at what was done to us. We're angry at the things people have said. We're angry at the fact that that person didn't protect us. We're angry that God put us through all this. And the temptation is to use spirituality as a means to suppress that emotion. Because you think you got to keep the facade. That's the worst thing that you could do for yourself. It's the worst thing that you can do for yourself. We think we have to pretend that the pain is not there because if the pain is there, that must mean I'm going backwards. No. The fact that you're not numb to the pain anymore is a huge sign. You're moving forward. You, you feel and you feel intensely. Wow, that's such a great sign. You're headed in the right direction. And you got to go through that pain. Grow through it too. But you got to go through it to grow through it. 
So you don't have to be ashamed of the hurt. You also don't need to identify with it. I'm healing and I'm hurting at the same time. It's all a part of the same process. It's hard, it's heavy, but it's a part of my healing. And I got to let myself feel what I need to feel. The last thing I want to say is this. It's very easy when you get excited about spirituality and healing to become obsessed with fixing yourself. And that's no good either because now we become these perfectionists. And you'll never be able to live up to the ideal of yourself that you have in your mind. The whole point is to be okay with who you are now. That's the ideal. That person that you think you want to be really bad, get that person out of your mind and be who you are. And you don't have to be obsessed with fixing yourself because even when you're not working on you, God's still working on you. So you could take a break for a little while if you need to, right? And, and the same thing is true with other people. Right? You don't have to interfere in their process all the time. Yeah, I know you see a way that their life can be better if they would just listen to your advice. <laughs> oh, my God, I, I totally can see your problem so clearly, and I have the solution for you. Meanwhile, your own life, but we're not going to go there. Okay, so you got the solution for my life. Okay, thank you. Even if that other person isn't working on themselves, God's still working on them. And he who began the good work will bring it to completion. And so we trust that process. I believe, help my unbelief. It's okay not to be okay. That's the message today, everybody. It's okay not to be okay. Amen. Let's pray. God, we open up our heart and our mind to your healing power and influence. We know that there are dualities that exist within us. We are walking, talking contradictions sometimes. But may we come to accept the fact that we are what we are. And may we come to see that both of these oppositional forces that are at work within us and in the universe are actually complementary. No pleasure without pain. No success without failure. No light without dark. No good without evil. But you use all of it, God for your purposes. And so today we make a commitment to be honest, to be real, and to share our hurt with other people because when we share our wounds with others, we end up healing ourselves. Give us courage to face each day. Give us peace to guard our mind and our heart and inspire us, God, to continue to put one foot in front of the other for our growth, for your glory. Amen. 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 Thank you guys for coming. Happy Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll catch you next Sunday.